Good afternoon. Welcome to the Valley Variety. My name is Jacob Jones. And I am Ben Yates. A lot going on in the world of Sundo Athletics just this afternoon. ASU and U of A, a final in Tucson, 67-56 to 56 in favor of the Wildcats, live from McHale Center. The first time that the Sun Devils actually played some pretty decent offense today. Absolutely. It, it did not look bad for... The first half, tied at 32 at the half against the number three team in the nation. Yeah, finally, DJ Horn is actually shooting like really efficiently. And I'm not saying that to trash anyone. It's seriously, it's impressive offense that we saw today, and we don't get that very often this year. There's no doubt about it. DJ Horn, 17 points today, 6 for 17. Field goal percentage, 5 from 12 from 3 point land, but the ASU bench did not show out as much as they were hoping. Only 12 combined points from the ASU bench this afternoon. And credit to the defense by ASU. Seriously, that was an impressive performance. I mean, you're shutting off the number three team in the nation, and that's impossible on its own for some ranked teams. So to do it as an unranked ASU team that's struggling this season with game plans and coaching staffs and whatnot, this is impressive just to lose by let, like about 11? Yeah, 11 just, points. Yeah, only lose by 11. It looked for a lot of the game that there was an upset watch going around Tucson. A lot of yeah. a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of sweating down there in the in Tucson this afternoon. And a lot but, of sweating up here in Tempe and Phoenix. I yes, mean, it's it's not just because of the heat, but because of the fact <laughs> that ASU looked like they had a chance to almost run away. They had an eight point lead at one point, leading twenty eight to twenty at near the end of the first half. You say U of A goes on a big run, makes it um 32-32 going into half, but ASU still holding a little bit more, a little bit of momentum going into the second half. Right, and with the schedule they have coming up this next week or so, they're going to have to keep this performance up so they can Absolutely. face some teams like USC, UCLA, and again, they're going to have to face Arizona eventually here at Tempe, and that's going to be another sold-out arena. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. ASU will take on three straight top 25 opponents. Number 15, USC, comes to town on Thursday. Number 7, UCLA, on Saturday. And then number 3, Arizona, comes in on Monday. All of those nationally televised. And ASU needs to get ready for these big games and get a game plan ready in front of your home crowd. Right. And someone, the one person that needs this, these wins more is Bobby Hurley. Absolutely. Uh, and that there's no mystery, no question that his job is in jeopardy this year. There's no doubt about it. I think Bobby Hurley's job has been, or the question of his job and his job security has definitely been up in the air since last year. Mm-hmm. You know, since the end of the 2020 season, having a five-star like Josh Christopher and only winning a handful of games. Obviously, the pandemic gets in the way, canceling games here and there, but still not what ASU fans were expecting out of this team that almost made the tournament last year, was <laughs> slated to make the tournament and the, almost be runners for the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, before the pandemic hit. And, and before we go further, I mean, this this is a coach that has had, what, seven years here now? He's made the tournament kind of twice, both times through the first four, but really he hasn't, he's been in the first round one time, and he lost to his old squaddy <laughs> coach, Buffalo, <laughs> Yes, which is just the perfect oh, way to go out uh, that you don't want to see. It just it's the it's the definition of the word irony. You leave one school, <laughs> go to another school, and the other school takes you out in the first round. But going back to that, it, ASU has had obviously the history of not making it as far. I think ASU has made the Elite Eight once in their in their program history. But um, it's just it's it's funny because you know the year that we beat Buffalo or lost to Buffalo, we beat number one Kansas in December. The year that we lost to Syracuse in the first four, we were 
um, number three at the nation at one time. Lose, you know, lost to U of A and just and just could not keep the momentum that we had had early in the year after beating number two Kansas after going thirteen and zero to start the year. It, it just it just seemed like a. You know, I you know we should have expected more, but obviously still a lot of momentum coming into that year. Then, you know, obviously falling short in the in the tournament, but obviously something that ASU fans want to see. You know, we want to see success here, and I think it's you know, and it's a question of whether or not success is coming from this um, regime. Right, and your best player in Bobby Hurley's era is Lou Dort, and he was incredible here, and he's got a a great spot in the NBA with the Oklahoma City Thunder, working with Shea and. Uh, now Josh Giddy, that team is going to be a, a threat in a few years. But Lou Dort is your best player at ASU in Bobby Hurley's era. There's something kind of wrong in the scouting department, yeah. probably, to get people to come to Tempe. I know it's hot here, but it. I mean, it's a fun. It's a great place to play. Uh, it should in the Pac-12 for the love. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, there's there's got to be the sense of you know trying to get kids here. You know, you play in the Pac-12. You play in a very competitive conference. And so you also need to start competing with big schools, even the one down south, you know. You're competing with your rival in U of A, you know, a team that has won a national championship, the team that has, you know, a pretty a very good leader in Tommy Lloyd, who is, you know, building that that program back up. And then you're competing with your LA schools. The history that comes with UCLA, the history that comes with USC, right. history that comes with a few of these Pac twelve teams. So if you're Bobby Hurley, you need to kind of take into consideration that you're you're fighting some big dogs in your conference, three of which you're going to be playing next week. And so I think you're kind of, you know, if you're Bobby, you need to start kind of searching different places. If you want to get this big talent come to Arizona State, Arizona State's not a premier place to play. You know, we're not, you know, it, it might have been after we beat Kansas, you know, you're getting these showcase wins and then not making anything out of it. And so I think, you know, Arizona State needs to start building momentum off of, what they're getting from these kids. You know, a lot of talent come from the Sun Devils that ASU just can't seem to build upon. You know, there's, and you're, you know, these are some talented young men. You know, we saw that just today, playing their rival Wildcats, playing them very hard and, you know, showing a lot of heart. But then at the end of the day, you just didn't have enough of that oomph to go out and um, beat a team like U of A. Right, and to say that, you know, it's a tough conference, like in Bobby Hurley's defense, this is a tough conference right. to win in. And, like, what was it, 11 teams went to the tournament last year from yeah. the Pac-12? Obviously, that's that's tough on its own. Like, Conference of Champions, seriously. Conference of Champions was not yes. was not just a, a, a saying. That was a real thing. 11 teams. But that's also saying, like, 11 have gone from the Pac-12. You can be one of those 11. Yeah. It's just, it's unfortunate because, you know, ASU has been a program that has been up and down throughout its history and, you know, and I was like you were saying that we do play in a tough conference. This is the Pac-12 is no joke. You have three different powerhouses in the same conference. You know, one of them being down south in Tucson that you have to compete with every year. You know, it's you know, and it's tough to play in. It's 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 always been a challenge with the Pac-12. It's always been a challenge at ASU. ASU just hasn't been able to be up there with the upper echelon of Pac-12 teams. You never, you never, you never really been considered up there with U of A or Oregon or UCLA. Arizona State's always been kind of the conversation with, you know, Oregon State or Washington or Washington State. You know, you're always in the lower, you're always in the lower eight. Mm-hmm. And so what ACFs you have to do is you have to get back in the top four. And the best way to do that is uh, to move on from what you've got right now. Right. You need to get some players in here that'll make a difference, 
get game plans that'll you know include these players that will make a difference. Like DJ Horn is great, but he's not being used to his full capacity yet. And so same for the other players on ASU, and that does go in part to the fault of Bobby Hurley. Yeah, and it just I think ASU needs to decide exactly where they want to go with this program. You know, where do you want to be in five or six years when we look back on what we've done in the past five years? You know, do we want to say, well, we made the, we made the tournament a couple of times, got to the first four, and then and then just couldn't go any farther? Or do you want to say, you know, we were legitimate contenders and we have momentum going into this year that a lot of teams that aren't ASU can say. One of those being U of A, that U of A is number three in the nation and, you know, and their program is building momentum while ASU's program is losing momentum. And so if you're ASU, you need to start realizing and take a, a pretty good look at your program and realize that we're not going in the right direction. You know, we are going, we're at a slated path right now. And I think if we're going to try to get a backup and be good teams and get competitive teams to come to the Valley that aren't GCU, you know, you know, local rivalries or UC Riverside. Right. If you want to get these big programs, you know, getting big teams, you have to win to get big teams to come to your house. You know, we had, we had to work a long time to get Kansas to come here and <laughs> they did and we beat them. And that, today, I mean, Kansas today is going to play another blue blood in Kentucky. Uh, yes. And that, speaking of those two, the winning percentages of their head coaches, Bill Self, John Calipari, it's not even close to what Bobby Hurley uh, is at. Right. And that saying Bobby Hurley's worse than yes. what John Calipari and Bill Self are, just to put a disclaimer in there, it's not close in his favor at all. Right. Um, and that goes for Coach K as well. I mean, three legendary coaches, three Hall of Famers or eventually Hall of Fame coaches uh, that have huge winning records. It's about a 20% difference between the Blue Bloods and where ASU is with Bobby Hurley. And it's not looking like it's going to get any better, especially after this season. Absolutely. Just not in not in this regime. I think if ASU wants to be back kind of in the, the top of the top and be kind of where you were three or four years ago, after you beat number two Kansas and Lawrence, you jumped all the way up to number five in the country. And then you won a few more games, and you jumped to number three in the country. You know, you were considered the top five in the country in terms of talent. We have a lot of talent. We were, as AC fans remember, we were called guard you because I think at one <laughs> point we were playing four guards on the floor at the same time. And that's how you do it. And there was just a lot more energy in Tempe. You know, filling the student section every night, you know, then called Wells Fargo Arena, now called Desert Financial Arena. Was, you know, it was, you know, you got to protect the bank, you know. This is our house. This is, you know, no one comes into Tempe and wins, you know. The Pac-12 runs through Tempe, Arizona, and now... Let's, and, let's put that on an Instagram poll when I get this account up and running. Does the Pac-12 run through Tempe? <laughs> <laughs> In terms of which year are we yeah, talking about? Yes or, <laughs> no, no, this is the question. Does the Pac-12 run through Tempe? Yes or no? <laughs> we'll see how, let's see how this goes. Well, we'll see how involved our viewers, the college basketball, in terms yeah, of... The what five the, viewers that we have here, yes. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Mom, I hope you're listening. Mom, if you can, please go on the poll and vote. Yeah, please. But, <laughs> but just, I think we need to really get back to that. We need to start getting that momentum back into the arena, you know. Yeah, get the energy absolutely. back of, you know, maybe students rushing the floor if we beat, you know. Just one of these teams. Yes. If So if number 15 in the country just falls to ASU, we should rush the floor. Uh, please. <laughs> please do. <laughs> Yo, we'll, we'll, we'll take the fine. I'll pay the fine. I'll You'll pay the, like, thousands of dollars for please, them to rush a, the... <laughs> anything to get momentum back 
to ASU, you know, back in our favor. You know, we're, you know, we're losing a lot of them. We're not with just our team, with our students, with our student population, with, you know, a lot of empty seats in the 942 crew. Let us go on the record and say that Jacob Jones himself will pay <laughs> the thousands of dollars of fines that will come uh, after ASU students rush the floor. So uh, that being said, feel free to do whatever you want after the UCLA, <laughs> the Arizona game, the USC game. If you rush the floor, lose. Jacob Jones will pay the fine. He has said it here. Win or, win or lose. Well, it's just, it's win, win or, if we lose, we're going to storm the floor too? Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll shake hands with the players. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we're going to run on the floor just to shake Give them hands. high fives. Tell them good job. That, Tell them. that line at the end is going to be hundreds of people long. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Jacob's fine with it. Thousands of dollars just to lose and shake hands <laughs> with the opposing team. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yes, well, I've, I'm on, not on the record by saying that, but uh, no, it's I've, on the record now. I am, I am, too but I'm down for it. Let's let's get some momentum back in the arena now. Let's 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 strive for something greater than we have. Let's ask for something greater than we have now. Let's let's demand a better winning percentage. Let's demand better basketball than we're seeing. Right. And as I said earlier, that does go into better coach plans, that the game plans that go with the players, but also scouting them, like. Head coaches do their own scouting majority of the time or send people to get the players to them. But their names are the ones that is the thing that brings them here. Like Bobby Hurley has a big name on him from Duke to here. You know, he's he doesn't have much coaching success, but he has seen a national championship in his hands before next to Christian Leitner. He has been there. He's done that himself. Uh, and he has been absolutely that guy before in his youth. But as a coach, it's not come that way. So people like Calipari from Kentucky, he goes out and gets an NBA player as <laughs> as a college right. player. But like Shaden Sharp right now has already committed to Kentucky. He's the number one high school prospect. And he's already uh, left high school. He's sitting on the bench of Kentucky and is projected right now to go number eight in the NBA draft. And he's not going to go to the draft. Right. And it's ridiculous then, because <laughs> that's what that's what the name John Calipari and the name University of Kentucky does for you. Right. You get these guys like Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Devin Booker, who is here in Phoenix. Right. Uh, you get these guys that people you know see as an NBA prospect before they even touch the college basketball floor. Yeah. Speaking of Devin Booker, the Suns take another W yesterday. Oh, Moving yeah. their record to 39-9, the best in the NBA, three and a half <laughs> games up on the Golden State Warriors as we speak now. Booker has 29 points, 10 for 26, and 4 for 10 from 3. And even not considered the best day for Booker in his own standards. It still has 29, still goes out there and gets boards, and is creating a culture here in Phoenix, a winning culture here in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Something that ASU could probably build off you know, of getting kids here, you know? Come see the Phoenix Suns. Come see... Come see these winning teams, you know? Yep. Mamba 2.0. Yes. We we were at the game last night, and there's points of the game. that <laughs> Those moves that Devin Booker does, taken from Kobe Bryant, I'm looking at him like, this kid is an ex-Kobe Bryant. And he doesn't want to admit it. He no. does not want to say that he is, but we know he likes it. But he loves it. He absolutely loves it. Obviously, being a Kobe Bryant, his mentor in his early years in the NBA, and right. now... Taking on and now leading a team here in Phoenix, you know, only nine losses through thirty, you know, forty nine games. I refuse to believe that he enjoys that he doesn't enjoy being called Mamba. 
you you have like anyone in the world if they're saying like you're the next Kobe, you don't turn around and say no, I'm not. Kobe's one of no. You love that. You want to dig into that. You want more of that. Please call me Mamba. Please. Yes. <laughs> I think it just starts with the respect. And obviously, Devin Booker has a ton of respect for Kobe's mentality and Kobe's history. Sure. But you know he's you know the way Kobe led the way led the new era of the NBA is exactly what Devin Booker's doing. You know, Kobe Bryant had, you know, the one-two punch of obviously him and Shaq. Now we see a one-two punch here in Phoenix with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Not two stars, but two competing stars. You know, you know this is just... So there's a lot of comparisons to Kobe Bryant because this is the path that Kobe Bryant took. You right. know, of, of when Michael left, Kobe took over. And I think we're kind of starting to see it. You know, we don't know how long, you know, LeBron will play for. Probably another 20 seasons. Yes. <laughs> A few more rings. He'll and be an all-star starter. Twenty more seasons. Just trying, trying to pass uh, Michael on rings. Well, he's, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long, until he gets to seven, he'll be in the NBA. Yeah, the old gray beard and going up against his son, Bronny James Jr. Yeah. On wherever Bronny James ends up, I mean, he gets drafted by the Lakers. You know, uh, wherever Bronny is going, LeBron is because the contract runs out when Bronny graduates high school. Oh, there you college, go. So, well, there you go. And so I've done the math. And so dad is <laughs> dad is following son wherever he may go. But I yeah. think, but I really love what I'm seeing from Devin Booker, the Phoenix Suns already this season. You know, the game plan from a guy like Monty Williams, a, a very good head coach, a very good leader. You know, really motivating that locker room, and then just the guys. You know, the you polar know, opposite uh, of Bobby Hurley. Monty yes. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we we faced a really tough Minnesota team last night. You know, Minnesota is no pushover. You nope. know, they have they have a lot of talent. They have a you know. Carl Anthony Towns, his mid-range shot is, uh, you know, maybe it's incredible. It's just, it's just you don't you don't see it from a big man, and you know, Carl Anthony Towns is able to do it, and the talent they still have with guys, you know, that were out like you know D'Lo and Pat Bev, and, <laughs> Pat and, Bev, and, and Pat Bev was was you know cooking up a storm in Phoenix last night. We don't oh for, we gosh. don't forget the Western Conference Finals, and N- no one in Phoenix apparently has. Because, I, I mean, I'm not a huge Phoenix guy myself, but I go into the arena, I see Pat Bev, and everyone hates his guts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is saying something. You have done something wrong if there's, like, people actively coming to the arena just to boo you. <laughs> yes. there's. You've created something if people are coming to the Like you said, people are coming to the arena just to see you. Right. And I, I was, and not in a good way. <laughs> and I was very bummed out when I heard he was out. But, you know, he created more of a storm on the bench that he could have created on the floor. Right, you know, trash talking Devin Booker, standing up, being on the floor. There's multiple times the refs had to, to maneuver him off the floor. Yeah, I, I'm shocked that the amount of times that he's, you know, he's just in street clothes, so he's not playing, yeah. <laughs> and he's able to still stir up all that chaos. I think it would have been worse if he's on the floor because he'll take charges and just swap people. He'd probably actively push Devin Booker just to you know get the balance between him and Chris Paul <laughs> to see who's the <laughs> biggest pushover between the two of them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably even push Jay Crowder just to see you know how is your hand doing. Just to, oh gosh, <laughs> oh good my goodness, I would not doubt it from a guy like Patrick Beverly. Yeah. But you know with. With all that being said, the Suns still come out with a victory, obviously. They win 134 to 124, but you scored 134 points. They reached 100 in the third quarter. Yeah. And Minnesota made it a six-point game in the fourth quarter. This was... That was scary. <laughs> but obviously, Chris Paul, the two-headed monster that is now the Phoenix Suns, um, Chris Paul ends up with a triple-double last night. And the Suns are really taking a new era into Phoenix. And that's what's exciting about having a guy like Devin Booker. Of you know creating a new era, creating a new 
momentum here in Phoenix. I remember the time, you know, being last night, being at warm-ups, seeing the, seeing the crowd come out for warm-ups, you know, is the crowd that we've been seeing at formerly named Talking Stick Resort Arena. And that's what a crowd used to look like for a regular season game uh, in stick. January. The Stick. That's the stick. The now named Footprint Center. Last year was Phoenix Suns Arena, nice and simple, when he made the NBA Finals. But this is just the, the new era of Suns basketball, you know. It's a, it's a really fun time to be in here in the Valley. Like it says on the jerseys, you know. This is the Valley. This is the Valley's team. This is the Valley's baby, our first, our first uh, the baby franchise, 1968. And so I think the, bringing the momentum back here is a big deal. And I think a guy like Devin Booker is just what we needed to bring back momentum. And it took a few years. And, you know, it took some rough years, but, you know, now we're here. You know, we are here. I'll put another question on the poll. Should the NBA thank Kentucky <laughs> for 30-plus players? NBA U. Is John Calipari running the NBA? <laughs> uh, there's there's no doubt that it feels like a Scooby-Doo mystery. We rip off Adam, Fe- Adam Schefter's face, and underneath is John Calipari. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's see who's really behind this mask. John Calipari. <laughs> said Adam Schefter. Are you talking about Adam Silver? I'm talking, oh, did I say Adam Schefter? You said Adam Schefter. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it is because there's I a mean, lot. I you're talking about Adam Schefter news today for sure. There's a lot I mean. going on. Obviously, today, <laughs> breaking news reported by Adam Schefter is that Tom Brady, after 22 seasons in the NFL, is hanging up the cleats. That is the smoothest transition I've ever seen. <laughs> you made a mistake <laughs> into the next topic. <laughs> I didn't even see it coming. That was nice. Oh, well, there you go. Well, <laughs> speaking of not seeing things coming, Tom Brady retiring. <laughs> yeah. Or is he retiring? Is now, he? That is the question today because a, of Adam Schefter. That's not another Adam poll Silver. question. There has been reports along from Bleacher Report that Tom Brady has called the GM of the Buccaneers and said, I have not made up my mind. <sighs> this yeah. is this is a big deal from a guy like Adam Schefter, obviously the most trusted name in, in the NFL, up there with Ian Rappaport. Um, this is, this, you know, if this comes out to be Tom Brady isn't retiring and you sent out multiple tweets and an article talking about, you know, his legacy and how, you know, how fast 22 years have gone by, that's a big pie in the face for the NFL. This is the most deceiving thing in Tom Brady's name ever since he deflated a football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'm not going to forget it. It's off. <laughs> I'll never forget the Philly special. The, 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 <laughs> Which is now, uh, I think, on the menu at some Philly named restaurant. I think it's the number six, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, but otherwise, you know. But if this is the end of the road for Tom Brady, you know, obviously it caught me by surprise. Just you know, yeah. How quickly it ended. You know, Tom Brady never really talked about retirement. You know, the question always came up, but Tom Brady always deflected. You know, well, you know, think about this. And so I think, was he? You know, 42 years old. I think he's 44. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to get with our statistician uh, Mark and see uh, Mark hopefully gets that to us as soon as possible. See how old Tom Brady is, but you know I think that just adds on to his legacy. If this is the end of the road, this guy played to forty some years old, you know, and he's forty four. Forty four years old. <laughs> <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, who also retired, was thirty nine, and that and that just goes to show. I mean, Ben Big Ben, who looks a lot older than Tom Brady. And I think Tom Brady looks a lot older when he runs than when he actually plays. I think I think someone someone brought that up once. It said you can really see Tom Brady's age when he starts rushing. Yeah, that's, I mean, he had a couple of good plays today. I mean, not today. I mean, but this year yeah. uh, 
where he was actively running with the football before. Like this year was a pretty good one for him. He could be the MVP. Yeah, there was a lot of talk that Tom Brady was the MVP candidate, and I think that really brings up the question of you know what led to his retirement. It's all up to question right now. It all comes from learning from Brady, whether or not it was personal, or if that this is just the end of the line. Or whether or not Adam Schefter is just making this up, and that's the big <laughs> question. That's the big controversy that's going on right now. Is that there was you know several reports coming in that you know Tom Brady Senior is t- is telling people that his son's not retiring, and there's other reports saying that it's, that it's not, and it, the the news is just everywhere right now, and now we don't know what to believe. And yeah, and it, for a reporter yeah. as credited as Adam Schefter. Uh, and this is weird coming from a journalism school podcast to say, wow, that's a journalist that's messing up. Right. <laughs> that is, yes. I mean, and Adam Schefter has that name on him. Like it's Adrian Wojnarowski, you know, you have Shams, Adam Schefter. Those are the three guys, you know, you listen to like, wow, those, that is an official report. <laughs> and that's why, that's why people take it so seriously is that, you know, when you hear that name, Adam Schefter reported that you automatically know that, this must true. be a fact. You know, Adam Schefter is the man. But, you know, getting these conflict reports really is very scary. Yeah. Coming from a journalism, you know, coming from a journalism student, that's, you know, one of the worst things that can happen to you. It's frightening. He must be sweating. Oh, he has to be. <laughs> In I mean, his this room is, right now, this he's is like, oh, my God. the news of the decade. You know, you just reported that the greatest quarterback of all time retired. Yeah. And then you hear another report saying that he just called the GM of his team and said, hold, hold the phone. I said... I have not said I retired. I have not made up my mind. I think this is the biggest sports story ever. This, really, I mean, yeah. this is it, and you have you are reporting this, and if you get it wrong, you are gonna have a some job jeopardy as well. I mean, we've yes. talked about it already in this podcast with someone else, but if we're talking about real situation here. Like, you are a credited reporter uh, that is trusted by millions yes. of people. Millions of people listen on anything or look through Twitter feed, like looking at these fake news reports. It's like, well, Schefter didn't report it, so it's not real. Until your name is on it, it's not real. So if you have that like staple, that you are the guy that reports the truth and nothing but, then then you say something that's... When you you have this power that Schefter has. And great power. And (laughs) this is a very, it's a very privileged power, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't doubt that he is, you know, if this does come out wrong and Tom Brady's camp says, yeah, this is the end of the line, then this discussion's over. Then, yeah, Adam Schefter was right from the beginning. Then this is... But you start to question where exactly he got this from. When Tom Brady has been reported of saying that I have not... And right. What exactly this report was then? You know, what, you know, what is, it, this, what is this report detailing about Tom Brady? That, you know, he's gone, but now Tom Brady's saying he's not gone? Yeah. And now Tom Brady Sr. is getting into this? And... We're having like an Odell Beckham Jr. situation in right. here where even the dad's getting into this. Like, what is, it, what is, it is weird that yeah. a, a guy like Schefter doesn't go to Tom Brady himself. Like, if that's how it's happening, if he doesn't go to Tom Brady and hears this from Tom Brady's mouth or his agent's mouth, like, this is, like, what are you doing reporting this right. then? You're, you're, this, you're that guy. You are the guy, pal. You, you are the guy, pal. We, we all trust you to make decisions. Uh, about what you report, you have done so fantastically in the past. Now you're screwing up. This is and so it's a very scary moment. I love Adam Schefter, but you know, for Tampa Bay Bucks fans, I'm sure Patriots fans too. Whoa, yeah, he's supposed to retire with us. This is 
This isn't right. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't cool. This is. Tampa Bay fans are running back to New England. Oh yes, <laughs> I think they're gonna have a, a trade in your Tom Brady jersey day at the Bucks game for a yeah for a, a free burrito or something. Uh, Maybe like a Mike Evans jersey or. There you go. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll take off the patches and turn it into a Mike Evans or. <laughs> I would say Rob Gronkowski. We'll but change that number that number two on the twelve to a thirteen. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I would say change to a Rob Gronkowski jer- jersey, but if this is true, I think Gronk's oh, Rob's also. Oh, out too, yeah. And I only came back to play with Tom. You know, this is. Yeah. But, you know, if he is retired and this is the end of the line for Tom Brady, you know, it really brings up the question of what led to it. You know, I know he's 44 years old. And I know it's, you know, it's coming to the end of the line of his career. Everyone knows he's, you know, he can't play till he's 100, you know. Well, I, you know, I doubt it. I fa- mean, you know, <laughs> father, father time is undefeated. <laughs> Maybe not in this case. Tom Brady could do it for another 30. Oh, I'm sure. I think Tom Brady is father time, which is yeah. kind of the point I'm getting at. Like we were talking about LeBron earlier. No, Tom Brady is father time. Yes, <laughs> he is. He has morphed the multiverse of how long players can yeah. play. You know, I'm, I'm something of a quarterback myself, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> I'm something of a quarterback myself. There you go. You can't do this to me. You know how much I sacrificed. <laughs> But if this is the end of the line, I think it brings up a lot of questions. I can think of a lot of theories of why Tom Brady's retired. You know, you have the the Bruce Arians situation. You have yeah. the Antonio Brown situation. Oh, you know? yeah. That, <laughs> seriously, the Bucks have gone through everything this season. And so if maybe Tom Brady just thinks that this is just where the Bucks stops. You know, this is, you know, I don't think, you know, would New England welcome me back at my age? I think they're kind of, they're going into a different era with, era with Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac, Mac Jones is that guy for... The Patriots now. I don't think they're gonna have him benched for Tom Brady or Tom Brady be benched for him. That's right. I, that's not a possibility in anyone's mind. No, I don't think you know they're different going to the different era. I don't think that era has anything to do with Tom Brady. You right. Know, they're it, they're moved on. Yeah. And Tom Brady's moved on. Yes, I think he's moved on from New England. Him and Belichick are moved on from each other. Mm-hmm. That relationship has been morphed so much. You know, we saw in the post game handshake with him and Belichick. It was just like a. It was like a high five, a pat on the back, and have a good one, Tom. It's like, right. you know, something's broken in that relationship. But, you know, even other teams, if Tom Brady continued his career, not with Tampa, but who, you know, who wants Tom Brady? You know, that's not an easy question to ask, you know. It seems easy at the beginning, you know. Yeah, I'd love Tom Brady. You know, I'll take Tom Brady like that, but it's not right. that easy. It's not, you know, I'll take on Tom Brady. There's not a lot of teams that, you know, are trying to experiment with their they're trying to get their next Patrick Mahomes. They're not looking for their 44-year-old Tom Brady. Right. They're trying to get, you know, uh, their Kyler Murray's, uh, their Mac Joneses. Yeah. Like, they're they're going through anything. Their Trevor Lawrence's, yeah. as despite how yes. good they're doing <laughs> or bad they're doing. Yes. They're trying to build those guys up. And there's yes. not a lot of teams that have a spot for a well-vetted quarterback that is on the brink of retirement. And I think maybe what Tom Brady is thinking, that this is just a conspiracy, but, you know, the phase, you know, they're phasing out the old quarterbacks and bringing in the new quarterbacks, you know. The new fast, the new agile, the new throw farther, run faster quarterbacks that, you know, Tom Brady, you know, is one of those, but definitely not running. You know, he he's not, he's not, a, he's not the gazelle he used to be right. in 2001. Exactly. Backing up Drew Bledsoe. And so... This is a you know this is a very scary moment for a lot of football fans and definitely a scary moment for Adam Schefter, and, <laughs> yeah. and let's hope he's you know 
Let's hope he's right. Do you think Tom Brady's mad at Adam Schefter at all? Oh, I would be. You, like, if he, this wasn't, like, reported news by Tom Brady, he's like, what the heck, Adam Schefter? What, what, yeah, what if you go on Twitter one day and the whole football role is talking about you retiring? Yeah. And you haven't made up your mind yet? You think it's, this is going to be, like, a fight between Tom Brady and Adam Schefter? Oh, like my a, goodness. Like would a, it be just, like, the, fo- the quarterbacks versus the media, deal? Yeah, yeah, like, uh, you have Tom Brady... And you get him, you know, he's old in age, so you tag him out with some Gronkowski brothers. Yeah. And, bring, uh, bring the whole party bus. Adam Schefter should, you know, get tagged up by Woj. Yeah. And Woj has a signature move where he jumps off the line and says, Woj bomb. <laughs> you can bring in, you can bring in Ken Rosenthal into this. <laughs> it could just be a whole, like, sideline of media reporters. Yes. <laughs> bring, in, bring in Telemundo, too. <laughs> Who's going to be reporting this, then? Like, if who's going <laughs> to be the sideline reporters if all of them are fighting in this? Us. Uh, yes. 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 We've made it. No media. <laughs> no. It's like it's like Game of Zones where, this is kind of a throwback to a computer, where LeBron takes on the Dream Team, but, you know. Yeah. But they, but they take out the media, Dell, and so no one hears about it. Exactly. So this is, I think it's going to be the same way. When Tom Brady and Adam Schefter go, go out and fight and battle, it's just going to be under the wraps. I just had the biggest match in the realm, and no one has yeah. heard about it. Kyrie! <laughs> Kyrie's going to be behind this somehow. <laughs> He's always behind everything. When, when I do learn someday that this world, that this world is round... When there's a conspiracy theory, is, such as Tom Brady retiring, you bet that Ky- some, something like Ky- Kyrie has, you know, Kyrie to do with it. <laughs> if, if the world is flat, then Tom Brady is retiring. And they, well, then what, what if Tom Brady is actually retiring? Is the world flat then? Well, there you go. Maybe, <laughs> then, maybe, then maybe Kyrie has been right all along. <laughs> here's, a, here's another question um, on the poll. Has, was Kyrie right all along? Yes or no? <laughs> well, I think, I think we've yet to find out. And, and, and who knows what the future has in store? That's such a Kyrie quote. Who yeah. knows? Who really knows? So just think about it. But who really cares? Just, I'm here to play basketball. <laughs> Not Kyrie. He doesn't care. Yes. Yes. No home <laughs> games for you, Kyrie. 